This, 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 this is mythical. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Welcome to Best Friends Back All Right, the show where two high school best friends try the best friend thing again. I'm Stevie Wynn Levine. And I'm Nagin Homoifad. And today, I only know half of what we're talking about. That's right. It's an eel <laughs> sex episode. <laughs> uh, and as you're listening, it is Black Friday. You could have us on your headphones or in your car as you're going to multiple sales. People, yeah, people you could do be that. standing in line listening to us, passing the time as you wait for that $100 TV. Yeah. And I, you know what? I'm so proud of you for getting up <laughs> and, and getting out. And just be safe. Be safe, guys. Be safe. This is, yes. That TV is not worth a, a black eye. I mean, $100, that sounds pretty cheap. A black eye <laughs> heals in no time. Speaking of healing. Okay. Do you see this? Do you see this? Yes. It's like a skin-colored bandage. I yes. have been poked and prodded. Why? So much this week. Because I'm a woman, Stevie. Oh. And that just comes with a territory. Well, usually you're poked and prodded in a different area. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> well, this one I signed up for. I paid for oh, this one. What, the, what is that supposed to mean? <laughs> so I have my birth control, my next plan on. In my arm. Okay. Do you know what an explanation is? It's like it's a like an pick. implant situation. Exactly. Yeah. It's that's how they track the size you. of a <laughs> toothpick. Thank God, because honestly, <laughs> I would really love for somebody to want to know where I am. <laughs> <laughs> and so it was. It like it has like a few year shelf life, so you have to replace oh. it. So I went to go take it out, and they said before, take an ibuprofen just in anticipation of the pain, but they also give you lidocaine, which is supposed to numb the area. So I was That's like, like, okay. The, the shots, right? Exactly. Or is that, okay, yeah. yeah. It's a shot. And she, there's like a tiny little pinch for the lidocaine. That's not a big deal. And I asked her, I'm like, okay, so now that you've put this numbing, you know, agent on, I shouldn't feel anything, right? <laughs> like, what's the point of it? Yeah. She's like, well, you know, people say that they feel some discomfort, and I'm like, okay, discomfort as in like, you know, tugging because they're pulling the sink out. Is it there's a difference for me between discomfort and pain? Yeah. Does that Is make this sense? A first? So you've only had it put in for a few years, but you've never had it replaced. I've never had it replaced. Okay. Exactly. Okay. Oh God. And she was like, um Ugh. and I'm like, oh fucking A. God. Like, I, I had not mentally prepared yeah. for for that. And so 
she I get the little pinch of the lidocaine and then yeah. she starts tugging and I know this is kind of gross like she's like trying to pull this little thing out and she's like yeah. dang it's really in there oh I'm no like, she used like, dang as a, as a word yes. oh no red flags so, so I'm squeezing this like uh this whatever stress ball s- stress ball it's yeah. a stress basketball and I'm looking to the side I'm humming Ugh. I'm doing whatever I can and then she starts asking me, like, what do you do? Oh, no, no. And I'm like, I don't, I know what you're trying to do. I know what you're trying to do, and it's not going to work. <laughs> Is that what you said? Yeah, I said that, but I oh said it with gosh. a laugh. Oh, I said it with a laugh. I was oh, like, okay. I know what you're doing. Is it really bad? And oh, she's no. like, yeah, I do this every day. And she's pulling it, and she's pulling it, and she's like, oh. The tissue seems to have grown around no. the next one. Not. I'm like, this is my worst nightmare. No, no. <laughs> and it, immediately I thought of, you know, those charcuterie boards that have like this cheese stick wrapped wrapped in meat. Stop. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I was like, that's literally inside of my arm. You know how I know? I mean, there's a difference between being uncomfortable and in pain, and I am very uncomfortable right now. I'm but sorry. you're on the line. I might go into pain soon. <laughs> okay. And so she keeps pulling and pulling, and it hurts. It's it's the kind of pain where it feels like at one point she's doing such minuscule movements. Yeah. It feels like my arm is going to detach from my armpit. It's, it's like when they weird do dental sensation. work and you're like, Oh, this is huge! You're, t- you're this is really huge yes. what you're doing, but really it's a t- it's tiny. It's tiny. Yeah. So that for me was also just like I was having this separate out of body experience of being like, wow, how does that happen? How long <laughs> are we talking? Well, I asked. I was like, how long is this going to take? She said, it's anywhere from a minute to an hour. I'm sorry. I was like, I'm what? sorry. What? <laughs> and she's telling me this as the lidocaine goes in. I'm like, wait, I also don't have time for one hour of this. I have something to do <laughs> afterwards. So finally, she ends up taking it out. And she's like, let me clean it up. I look to the side and there's blood everywhere. No! Yes, there's blood everywhere. It doesn't, it's not like gross. So there's not like, it's, my arm's not open. It's like a tiny little incision that was made. Yeah. But it's already starting to bruise. And so- she cleans it up. She puts this patch on, and then she puts a compression like bandage. On. Okay. And I, um, I put my sweater back on, and she's giving me some like you know to dos, how to take care of it. And I look down at my hand, at my left hand. I'm like, you know, is it is my hand supposed to be this color? Mm. It was turning purple. Okay, mm. it was turning purple. She was like, hmm. Uh, maybe I can just loosen it a little bit. So she loosens it a little bit. And I'm like, it doesn't really feel that loose. She's like, just give it some time. So I'm in my Uber home. And then I'm like starting to feel a little bit lightheaded. Because I'm like, this is too much. It's too tight. I can't handle this. I undo it. My wedding ring won't come off my finger. (gasps) Like, (laughs) it's just everything. It feels like such a mess. Eventually, things go back to normal. But like, I just feel like there's so much that we do. I don't know if guys also have to do a lot of stuff to their body. They don't. (laughs) Insertions and like thing. It just feels like. Did you call Doctor Nas and 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 ask? You know what? I didn't. I didn't didn't use your resource. I didn't use my resource. I know she has like a 24 hour shift. I feel bad. It's also weird when you know that it's like my hand is my hand supposed to be purple. Well, no, the answer is (laughs) no. And the solution is loosening your bandage. Like, I guess you don't really need to call about that. Yeah. Right. But it is it does give some like, I don't know, like mental 
I don't know. It helps if you know somebody else is caring about the problem too. But I just did get a little bit like just disgruntled. Yeah, for, sure. For part of the day being like, why do I do this stuff to my body? And sure, you can be like, don't put shit in your body. Don't use this. Don't use that. But also like, this is the way I stay safe. Yeah. <laughs> this is the way I like have peace of mind in the long term. But it fucking sucks. Yeah. Well, the alternative is you could become a lesbian and that takes care of the birth control yeah. for you. Yeah. That is yeah. really a few like first season, second season, you mentioned not being on birth control. And I don't think I told you this, but I remember being a little bit shocked. Super jealous. And realizing, yeah. wow, that is so fucking true. So I guess if a lesbian is taking birth control, they might be doing it for hormonal yeah, totally. reasons or anything like that. But God. Yeah, let's be clear. It sucks for all women, regardless <laughs> of birth control. <laughs> But yeah, I don't have a toothpick in my arm, so I'm I'm thankful for that at least. Okay, well that's a great that's a great little hack. That's a great little, <laughs> a great little hack. no, just like segue into Thanksgiving and the things that I won't be saying around the table. <laughs> so I'm yeah. Okay. For. So when y'all are listening, I mentioned it's Black Friday when we're recording. It's Thanksgiving's about to happen. Um, mm-hmm. you know, it's a time where you see family and friends or both. Um, I. I I actually this past weekend I I saw quite a few friends that I hadn't seen in a really long time. Um oh. I saw one friend who I haven't seen in forever and who mentioned that she had listened to the podcast and I was like, "Oh, what episode?" Wow. Yeah. And she said it's it was the one with the the sex choreographer and um she was like, "Man, I forgot how much of a pervert you are." And I was like, <laughs> "Excuse me." Is that the only episode of the show that you've listened to? And she was like, yes. And I was like, well, who's the fucking pervert? Who's the pervert? You chose to listen to the sex episode. Fair point. But also, if she listened to every other episode, she would also think you're a pervert. Yeah, 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 yeah. Listen, she was, yeah, she wasn't lying. That's really amazing. She wasn't lying. But but luckily, I don't think anyone that I'm seeing for Thanksgiving has listened to the podcast because I've given explicit instruction uh, for them not to listen. I hope they don't listen to today's episode either. So you're going to be with your family. I am going to be with my family. Are you going to be nice. with your family? Yes. Do you guys normally do um, a family Thanksgiving? Uh, well, this Thanksgiving, we're going to Vegas. So we're doing Ooh. an anti-Thanksgiving uh, Thanksgiving, and we'll That's see how cool. that goes. Um, okay, so parents, your sister... The whole shebang? Or is it Cassie's side of the family? My parents, Cassie's mom, uh, all converging on on Las that Vegas. That is so cool. And I hate Las Vegas. So, um, and it was my idea. So I'm going to see if like <laughs> no. this version of Vegas <laughs> is going to so be masochistic. better. I, well, I think that bringing parents into the situation is going to change the scene a little bit, you know? Okay. Yeah. Um, You're not going to be clubbing. I'm. I'm not gonna. I know I'm you're certainly gonna be. <laughs> not gonna be clubbing. I'll tell you that. Uh, Can I make right a suggestion, please? Magic Mike show. It is one of the most entertaining, hilarious <laughs> things I have ever seen in my life, and I didn't find it sexual. I'm not into a male striptease. Yeah, I found it funny. Okay, so if Mr. Levine is open minded. <laughs> <laughs> and open to the experience, then I think he'll be like, 
Yes, Mark is magical. Yes. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> okay, I'll um I'll shoot him an email after this and see if he's down. <laughs> but it is an eel sex episode. My uh topic that I'm gonna be talking about today is related to family. Um mm. because I started to think as I'm getting older, there's mm-hmm. certain things that I find I do that my mom did growing up. Oh. Yeah, the older I get, the more similarities I find between myself and my parents and mostly my mom. Do you It's horrifying, isn't it? You, it is. And that's why I'm <laughs> glad that she's not listening to this podcast. And you know, I think par- I think people blame their parents for a multitude of things, but I actually looked up what scientifically we can blame our parents for. Because, you know, oh. there's there's all the biology that you go through where it's like, oh, the reason I have this color eyes is this. And, like, my mm-hmm. hairline is like this because this. And my earlobes or whatever. But there's all these other things that you can also blame your parents for. That, that are, aren't physical? That are somewhere in between. And, and ah. they're psychological. They're physical. They're just a, a host of things that you didn't know that you actually get from your parents. So I figured that we could go through some of the things on that list and you and I could see if we feel like that is true. We did get this trait from our mom mm. or our dad. And sometimes it's it's um it, it could go both ways. So sometimes it's more of a maternal thing. Sometimes it's more of a paternal thing. But the thing that got me thinking about this is I have a concentration phase. <laughs> yeah, you do, actually. I catch myself in my concentration face, and my mom has a really bad concentration face. And it mostly comes out, like, if she's, like, preparing a meal and she has to chop something up that, you know, takes oh, takes yeah. concentration. Or yeah. she's, like, you know, writing something down. Like, there's just these moments yeah. where that concentration face comes out, and I'm like, oh, and I've noticed that I've started doing a concentration face. Okay. Why, 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 why do you say, yeah, you do? Well, because I've seen you emailing and rapidly texting. Oh. And there you assume a face, but it, there's nothing weird about what I see. I just can tell, like, the brows furrow a little bit, the eyes narrow. But I haven't seen anything strange with the mouth, for example. That's, and I just have a I'm sense that your about. mom... Has yes. a mouth. Yes, face. there is a mouth thing I'm not a fan <laughs> of. And and I feel as if I'm developing this mouth thing. Can you show me what your mom does with her mouth? I don't know if I can. It's so unconscious. It's like almost like a Oh, it's a little mm, like maybe the, a little tongue, tongue is, out, but like tongue out, lip in. Lip, okay. Lip doing something. Yeah. Does your okay. mom have a concentration face? <laughs> Honestly, the concentration phase that comes to mind is when she's on her phone without her glasses on. Yeah. And she's like... That's valid, though. (laughs) Oh, she just can't see is what you're saying. She can't see. (laughs) (laughs) It's her I can't see face. Okay, maybe that's a slightly different kind of face. Okay, so most of the things I'm going to pull are from a list from bestlifeonline.com from an article (laughs) called 27 Surprising Things You Never Realized You Inherited From Your Parents. I just want to, you know, I, I want to give wow. credit where yeah, credit is sources due. Sources are important. Yeah. Exactly. But the first one on the list or on my list is facial expressions. So okay. 
According to the American Psychological Association, you can thank mom and pop for your facial expressions. As Scientific American reported in 2006, some people who are born blind or were among a pair of siblings separated at birth made similar facial expressions as their <gasps> parents and other relatives despite never having learned them by sight. That is wild. Because right? I was going to just ask you, is this biological parents or But yeah, everything everything whatever. I'm going over is all, yeah, it's all biological. No, it's all no, no, genetic. I meant the question. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah my question yes. was like, well, what if you can't see your parents? And then you said, if yeah. That is wild. Yeah, and, and it says, fun fact, Charles Darwin noticed this Phenom a century ago. So even even back then, it was part of uh, the study of, of, of the awareness. Yeah, yeah. So um, my fear about my concentration phase is a reality. <laughs> it's a reality. I am going to get my mom's concentration phase, and I don't think there's anything I can do. To well, stop what's your it. dad's concentration face like? He doesn't have a concentration face. Oh, he's just always relaxed. <laughs> no, I think it's like your description of my email face. I'm sure that's kind of his concentration face, which would okay. it's a description of anyone's like broad, like I'm focused on this situation, <laughs> like a narrowing right. of the eyes and a right. slight furrow of the brow. Yeah, that's more of his thing. There's no like mouth movement, tongue thing. That's what I'm trying to avoid. And apparently it's unavoidable. Well, girl, your mother is a beautiful woman. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. OK, well, you haven't seen it's her concentration okay. face. <laughs> Um, okay, next on the list, level of risk aversion. Okay. A 2012 study of 500 skiers and snowboarders published in the Scandinavian Journal of Medicine and Science showed that a particular genetic variation served as a predictor for risky downhill behavior. People with this variation were more likely to speed down steep slopes and presumably pop off a couple of 360s than those <laughs> without it. What's more, scientists think such folks might not process dopamine as efficiently as others, mm. meaning they need to take more risks to feel the same level of enjoyment. Interesting. Okay. Did they do Logan that? Logan is making a very <laughs> confused face right now. No. Oh, you're just processing. Yeah, I'm just processing. Uh, Logan has a processing I face. Logan has a processing face. <laughs> look dumbfounded. <laughs> so you're saying that risky parents make risky babies. Yeah. Yeah, there's okay. some genetic variation. Yeah. That you can track to see if, mm -hmm. yeah, so if, you're, if your mom or dad, and this is not a maternal versus paternal thing, so if your mom or dad have that variation and they pass it down to you, then you're more likely to mm. take risks. Do you to feel like risk. your mm. risk aversion level is similar to that of your parents or do you feel like one of them, are they more daring or less daring? Yeah. So when I think of risk aversion, I think more about like life decisions than I do physical activity. Because when it comes to physical activity, like will I jump out of a plane and will I do these things? Like I could do them, but I'm not so excited to do them. Right? Okay. But when it comes to like, you know, bigger, bigger risks, like moving to another country or I don't know, or like changing jobs, doing things like that, I'm more comfortable. And I think in some ways my parents are too because they moved to this country and yeah, they started fair. their life but what i think is different is that like they did that and then became very stable and so it's like this they had to take this huge leap and then go into a pretty like 
sustainable, sustained lifestyle. And so part of that is gone. And so I don't know how to kind of assess their risk-taking behavior as much. Although I will say with fashion, my mom is very, <laughs> she's <laughs> she's always been like, try it, cut your hair, do whatever you want, it'll try grow back. It. It's like, she's very, she's very experimental. What about just on the physical side of things? What about the the jumping out of a plane? She's only, oh, I was going to say, she's only liked my father. She hasn't really experimented <laughs> with a lot of people. <laughs> Um, they're just like not they don't do things like that but okay so they're they're risk averse to physical physical, things like that yeah okay i i think that's more what the study is talking about because of the dopamine connection because they're saying essentially that you have to oh because it's quick yeah you have Mm. to do more risky things in order to get that high my parents are very especially my mom does not like doing any of those you know, more physically risky things. And I think that I'm similar. But I would kind of argue it's like the nurture part of nature versus nurture because like to an extent, like if you grow up with your parents saying like, no, no, it's too dangerous to do this and too dangerous to do this, then, then, you know, you're kind of conditioned not to. Although I guess I could go the opposite way and you could be like, fuck you, mom. (laughs) That is a good I, – I totally buy the nurture part of that. Yeah. I got a lot of that from my piano teacher. We had a really strict piano teacher uh, growing up, and she was would get really, like, defensive and upset when she found out we were doing sports because she was like, if you do anything to injure your hands, your arms, any part of your body, it's going to impact piano. And so – like, because she was so strict about it, it kind of, even if we didn't care, infected our thinking. So whenever I played sports, I was hyper conscious of, like, not hurting myself so it wouldn't impact Mrs. Sanders. <laughs> wow, Mrs. Sanders. Yeah. Damn. I mean, we had to trim our nails. Me we too. We couldn't have long Same. nails. <laughs> or paint. <laughs> Could you paint your nails? Uh, we're talking about two different things. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> Yeah. I thought we were talking about you before you knew you were a lesbian. Okay. Yeah. No. And uh, I did not paint my nails. (laughs) All right. Optimism. According to a 2011 study in the Proceedings of the National Academy Sciences, the gene that codes for oxytocin receptors, the cells in your brain that respond to the love hormone, displays Mm -hmm. some definite variations in people who are optimistic and have high self-esteem. And then these people also reported feeling highly in control of their own Mm -hmm. lives. Mm -hmm. So whether or not you're a glass half full person or half empty person could genetically have to do with your parents. Mm. Yeah, for sure. That my parents are definitely on the optimistic glass half full, always looking for like how to make something work and what else can be done and very optimistic people. I think that's true of my parents. I think in a similar way, it's not it's not like 
ignoring the 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 things that could go wrong or being like weary of the things that could go mm-hmm. wrong. I guess it's just not thinking things are going to go wrong. I guess that's the that's the separation. Oh. You know what I mean? Like my parents are very they they always instilled that good sense of fear in me of the yeah. things that could go wrong, but they weren't like and they will go wrong. Okay. That is exactly that's that's the right answer to this. <laughs> because as you're saying this, I'm like, well, my parents did like say like if you know we don't get good grades, then this bad thing could happen. Yeah. So actually they did instill us with a lot of that kind of like, you know, simmering fear of the abstract. Yeah. But you were totally right. That would never happen though. They're, they weren't saying happen. they weren't saying like this is your future. They were like, yeah, they were saying like <laughs> this could be a future if you don't do the, For you one. know, yeah, yeah. So I thought that was interesting. Exactly. But even in social situations, do you feel like your parents like, you know, you're at the Magic Mike show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Cassie's mom is like, you know what? This is the worst male strip tease I have ever seen. Mm-hmm. Like, is are your parents going to be like that was? the biggest mistake we should have never come to vegas we yeah or are they going to be like this was this seems like a very realistic scenario yeah well i think what you're referring to is like well there's a cynicism at play yes which is slightly different um also cassie really likes magic mike (laughs) oh my god you know every time i learn a little bit more about cassie i'm like it's just the have weirdest come over. freaking thing. I'm like, why do you like that movie series? She actively likes it. And she's not shy about it. I don't know why. Oh. I appreciate that. It is entertaining. I, I guess. I only remember seeing the first one, though, and not the series. Oh, no. She's seen, I don't know how many are in the series, but I'm pretty sure she's seen all of them. Are there three? I don't know. I'm making that up. It seems it like seems there's too like many. It could be. You yeah. know, it's just too many. <laughs> do you think Channing Tatum ages out? Ages out? Of the series? Ages out of a series? Yeah. No, I don't. I no. think he's okay. forever going to be magical. Um and also, he's dating uh, Zoe Kravitz, who is oh, arguably so cool. one of the most. Ugh. Oh, you're not a fan? I'm a really big fan. Oh, I no. I was going like this. Oh, gor- yeah. gorgeous. She's gorgeous. Oh, oh yeah. you're going for like an Italian I was like a steamy. Thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> She's beautiful. <laughs> um, but I do fully believe in the realism that is Cassie's mom saying that she's seen a better male striptease. I, I do believe that would be true. I do think that would be true for some reason. Well, I'm excited next week to hear. Yeah. Empathy. According to the same 2011 Proceedings of the National Academy Sciences Study, those oxytocin receptors that help determine a person's optimism also help determine another positive personality trait, empathy. These people have a variant of three particular genes that's a good predictor for altruism, pro-social behavior, and a greater ability to cope with stress. The good news is that a little more than half the population, 51.5%, has this variation. Why is that good news? That seems low. It means like most Hmm. people, majority of people have I mean – not really. It means that half half of everyone is has the empathy gene and the other half <laughs> doesn't. Doesn't. Well, I hope they find each other and have terrible lives. <laughs> <laughs> Emp- empathetic people should be with empathetic people. Don't drag us down, non-empathetic people. 
don't use oh, okay. us I see what for you're saying. empathy. But yeah. wouldn't that spur like an evil grouping of non-empathetic people who would get together and then have non-empathetic babies and then we'd have January sixth least... invasion on the Capitol. <laughs> invasion <laughs> on the Capitol. Yeah, seriously. Invasion of the Capitol. Yeah. Idiocracy. You know what? You know how you can do genetic testing yeah. for for your embryos? I wonder if you could test for these things. I think you <laughs> could. I will say that like, you know, have you done 23 and me? No. Okay. So 23andMe has like an additional option where they can get into some of this stuff. And I avoided anything, I think, <laughs> that that's also on that particular report. The things are a little bit more like, you know, there's a genetic trait that makes it so you either smell stinky urine from um, asparagus or mm. you don't. Or like okay. the cilantro tasting like soap thing. Yeah. Like that's more of what they do. So I, I think I avoided all of that stuff. But what do you think about the empathy, the note of empathy um, as it relates to you and, and your your parents? I feel kind of bad being like, yeah, it makes sense. Because what I'm saying, if I say yes to any of these, it's like, yeah, my parents had it. And so do I. <laughs> Why is that bad? <laughs> well, not bad, but it's like all of these positive traits. <laughs> well, it, no, I it's, have them. It's, it's interesting. Have them. As, as we're going through this, I... I find myself going back to that nature versus nurture question. And I think it's like, without this study, I'd fully believe that, okay, if your parents are empathetic people, they raise you. You learned it from them. Yeah. Exactly. But this is confirming that, like, not that's not negating that that can be true, but it's also saying, also, there's a biological connection here. So it's like the two things converging to make that happen. Yeah. It's not that I don't think my parents are empathetic because uh, I do. And I would say I would say my mom's a lot more sensitive than I am in a lot mm-hmm. of ways. Um, but I do think that there's and maybe I'm I'm equating the two things and I shouldn't be. But like not that there's a standoffishness, but there's a uh, a little bit of a line with, mm-hmm. a, you know, a boundary. Yeah. yeah, there's a little bit of a boundary there. And I think maybe it has to do with their generation or how they mm. were raised. Um, and it's certainly, you know, the the line has become blurrier through generations. Like, I think the way that my parents interacted with their parents was even more standoffish. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I don't have a better word for it. But that boundary still exists so, yeah, so that's how I kind of feel about the empathy thing. But I think I'm not completely defining it correctly. No, I think it's I think in the absence of like another example that could be like, oh, like here are two non-empathetic parents who have an incredibly empathetic child. Like that would be helpful to see as an example of. But I, I don't know anybody. <laughs> I don't know anybody like that. Yeah. Yeah. But like when I think of my mom and my mom in particular, like service has all since and it's like my earliest memories of her service to the community has always been. Yeah. A like prevailing theme of her life. And it became one of mine. But when I think about like the way that I'm living right now, right now, I don't have a big service element. Mm hmm. Like in the traditional sense where I'll volunteer here or there, but it's not on this consistent level. And I have 
this desire to and the guilt for not doing it, mm. uh, for not having committed to it. And I wonder, I have always just thought that was because it was the way that I was raised and I see my mom continuing yeah. to do it and I'm not doing it. Or maybe if it's biological, this is like this recognition of something that I want to do, but yeah. I haven't yet found the kind of the outlet for it. I think that's a super... That, that's a much better mm. connection that you're making between empathy and service to others than I am, I think, more on, like, just, like, the emotional relationship side of things. But you're right, like, empathy mm. being transferred through seeing other people in need and wanting to service that need, I think, is a really great example of, of the way that can go. Look at you being empathetic. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. I'll just do a few more because I'm very curious uh, what you're, what you're going to be talking about today. This one is more um, applicable to men, but I thought it was very interesting. Popularity. Having the right oh. variant of the 5-HT2A serotonin receptor gene might make you more popular, at least <laughs> if you're a college-aged male. People with oh. the so-called G variant of this gene tend to be impulsive and break more rules, making them more <laughs> popular with their peers. In 2009, researchers at Michigan State University studied this phenomenon by having young men plan and throw parties. According to the partygoers, the men with the G variant were considered more popular. That is crazy. Huh. That is so crazy. <gasps> it's just weird how you like everything has this like very specific scientific answer to it. Like you can't yeah. you can't say like yeah that dude's awesome and then like in the in the behind that it's like <laughs> well that's because he has the G variant. Like he was biologically, biologically designed that way. <laughs> yeah. Isn't and we are so biologically weird? like uh predisposed to recognizing that. I guess. Positive thing. Whoa. But it's not it's not the same for women because women are complex human beings <laughs> and we cannot be defined by our G variant. <laughs> no, we cannot. <laughs> there's a there's a G joke in there somewhere. Yeah, I didn't want to. I'd already. Yeah, I, I totally yeah. agree. You, you um, hit your pervert quota. Yeah, for exactly. Um, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, this one, I think we're more concerned with, or at least I'll say I'm concerned with, how fast you age. Um, oh. Tel mm. Telomeres? Tel telomeres. That's the part of DNA on the tip 
of each chromosome could dictate how old we look, according to a 2010 study published in Nature Genetics, in which scientists analyzed more than half a million telomeres. <laughs> I might be saying that wrong. <laughs> Those with shorter tips looked, on average, three to four years older than those with normal length tips. Wow. And is this is related to parents or mother? This is related to parents, I guess. Okay. It doesn't, it doesn't say specifically. I'm going to, you know what? We'll say mothers for us. Yeah, let's blame moms <laughs> for everything. Because <Yeah. laughs> I have always heard like, oh, like the mom is a good, you know, Indicator like, of what oh, you're going to look like at that age. What you're going to look like, what your pregnancy will be like, what we're all this thi- all yeah. the things that you could experience in life your mom you can blame your mom for. <laughs> yeah. But I like the idea of it being about your parents. Um, man, I fucking hope so. Yeah. But I already feel like I'm – I hate this. This topic of aging, though, is very problematic because mm-hmm. on one hand, I want to be like, I want to age slowly and gracefully. On the other hand, fuck you. Not you, Stevie, but fuck you all <laughs> in general who are trying to say that my aging in its natural form is not, you know, aesthetically pleasing. I don't know. I think that we have some options now. That's what I'm going to say about aging is like, hey, let, let's let's get that Botox on. Let's get those yeah. those retinol creams going. Yeah. Like there's <laughs> nothing wrong with wanting to use that stuff. There's a bunch of stuff that our moms didn't have. I remember one of the things, well, two things that my aunt and my mom always said to me. One, never cross your legs because you'll get varicose veins. Oh, Bitches, there is treatment for that. I'm crossing the hell out of my legs. And then I'm going to the med spa and I'm getting those things erased. Okay, technology. Also, moisturize your neck. I do believe in that one. You should moisturize oh, your neck. Oh, yeah. someone believes in moisturizing. I thought it was so hard for lesbians it's to moisturize. It's hard below the neck, which is not what that show's called. <laughs> oh, my gosh. There's probably a parody porn series called Below Neck that's like oh, below deck. Uh-huh. Yeah. If there's not, yeah. if the, uh, the porn producer's listening to this episode, please take it. Take that. Is that how that works? <laughs> this is the, that's just I don't a know. creepy. Yeah. <laughs> Below <laughs> neck. to you. Below <laughs> neck. Mediterranean edition. <laughs> Logan's like very good. Okay. Why don't we end on a sweet note with your sweet tooth. Uh, in 2018, Danish researchers found that people with a variation of the gene FGF2 Two, one, <laughs> have a practically incurable, insatiable sweet tooth. They experience cravings and eat more sugar than other people, but they also tend to have less body fat. Oh. Do you have a sweet tooth? I do, but I totally blame Zach for it. Okay, so your parents don't? No. Huh, interesting. Zach loves dessert and since being with him, I I just eat, eat more. more of it and, and as a result have created like a little bit of a you know desire for it a little bit of a (laughs) desire for it (laughs) um you know i think i'm in a similar place i well actually almost in an opposite place because i think my mom does have more of a sweet tooth than i do but Mm -hmm. i'm i'm a savory girl i do not have a sweet tooth cassie Mm. freaking loves Magic Mike and sweets. She really well. Loves those sweets. two go hand in hand. Yeah, yeah, totally makes sense. What is she like? A chocolate woman or pastry? She'll do everything. 
she'll hit okay. a little bit of Equal everything sweet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The the mm-hmm. issue is when she taps into when she brings home things that she knows that I'll just hop on the train for. <laughs> like, um, I yeah. don't know why, but I really like gummy bears. They're poppable. Yeah. They feel They're good great. in your mouth. You don't want to overthink what they are by by any means. But as soon as she brings that shit into the house, I'm like, girl. I can't yeah. I can't stop. I cannot yeah. resist. Uh and yes. I think she does it just so that she's not the only one eating sweets in the house. Yeah, because then it just feels like a problem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so yeah, so I hope there there's more things but uh the, oh. the moral of the story is you can blame your parents for basically anything. Basically anything is your parents' fault. Um so I hope that um, y'all take that into your Thanksgiving weekend. <laughs> totally. I feel like this is a really fun thing to talk about with family. Thank you. And have, I would love, <laughs> I would love for this conversation to be had. I'm definitely going to have this with my family and see how my parents think it didn't, it doesn't track. Like, yeah. oh, I'm way more empathetic than you are. Like, <laughs> yeah. you didn't get that from me. I wish you did. <laughs> I do believe that's going to be the conversation. And yes, I'm glad I could give you something to talk about other than, uh, birth control. But you, I mean, if you <laughs> want, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, thank you. That was nice and fun. Um, because we were, because because a couple weeks ago, um, you did the time capsule episode. Yeah. And took us back to the old days, elementary school. Mm-hmm. I really, or kind of elementary school. Yeah. It just took me back to a time that I had not spent a lot of time thinking about. And I was home, obviously. And it's not obvious that I was home, but I was home. <laughs> and <laughs> I came across, how do I share this with you? I came across a couple of pictures of myself from elementary school. These were the class pictures. I, I Before I look at these, I will tell our friends on that time capsule episode, you had mentioned your favorite birthday with the uh, water balloon boobies, yeah. and then you yeah. shared those after with Logan and I. Wow, you were <laughs> in your element. Like, right? I the look on the glow, the glow <laughs> emanating from you in those photos. You were so pleased to have those fake so boobies. Happy. It was glee. It yeah. was like pure glee. And yeah. There was a little bit of a glee slash rage, right? I don't know. It was mm. <laughs> it was a lot. But yeah. there's more to me than just water titties, titties? Okay? <laughs> okay? Especially in <laughs> elementary school. <laughs> okay, what am I looking so, at? I see I see a class here. So see if you can find me. Oh, I found you. Look for the little boy. <laughs> wow. Talk about bangs. There's a lot of bowl cuts going on, like including, including my own. You. Yeah, you're <laughs> giving you're you're um, you know it's not as there's a lot of haircuts for the gentleman uh, giving whoops <laughs> you know like giving <laughs> <laughs> that like didn't little, that didn't go right <laughs> you know yeah. um let's let's talk about your your hair though because it is yeah 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 go ahead it go is ahead. it is a bowl cut yeah um, it is short. You know, I was a woman ahead of my time. Mm-hmm. Um, Is this I at your request? Tomboy. Okay, so you you were like, I want short hair. I don't remember. I don't remember asking for the. Sh- I don't remember having an opinion or being able to express it on my hair. I don't remember that, but I do remember in the second grade, I was a tomboy. 
I wore t-shirts and long shorts and like remember the long shorts that went below your knees yeah like i rock i wore i wore those and i only wore pants but then in the next year if you go to the 96 97 you see that i'm wearing i have longer hair and i'm wearing a dress and tights and mary jane's damn girl your hair grew a lot (laughs) this is maybe my mom's experimental influence (laughs) well it's interesting because in your The first one's second grade, you said? Yeah. So in your second grade photo, it's not as if any of the girls are rocking a shorter hairstyle. Like you, you are that's so true. I I have the shortest hairstyle. Am I everything you need? (laughs) Am I the only one? (laughs) And I was. I was the only one. Um, <laughs> that is such a good point. Every Thank other you. girl has her hair, it's it, like a more obvious bob or yeah. it has a bow on it. Not not this girl, not nanking home my fast. She wanted to stand out with the boys. Not the next year, though. In the next no. year, you you are adopting more of a classic hairstyle for a girl of that yes. age. The, the, the heavy bangs. It's clear from this... <laughs> picture that I am a girl whereas I think of the other picture it's not as clear yeah, I like fair, totally fair, totally totally fair but this was so elementary school was such a gosh when I started thinking about it a lot of the stuff that came up for me had to do with books and so I I spent a lot of time at the Benjamin Branch Library and eventually shout out you know the the library they opened downtown, that very nice one Hell that you went yeah. to. That fucking such that a, was like such a nice that library. was like the equinox of <laughs> libraries. I thought it's like yes. multiple floors, glass everywhere. Yeah. Like this smelled new. Benjamin Branch though was like your local mom and pop single story library, like a, a um, Planet Fitness. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, it's more of like the hotel gym. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair, very fair. But my mom would drop us off at the, drop me, this is before my brother was born. She would drop me off at the library for like a few hours at a time while she would go run errands. And so I would hang out there by myself all of the time. They didn't seem to mind. But I just spent, I spent so much time there. And I learned to really be like kind of independent, I think, from that. But it's where I also discovered a few book series that I just loved. My mm. favorite being the um, Boxcar Children. Did yeah. you ever read that series? I think, oh. I, I think I did read all of those. Yeah. Gosh. Okay. So the Boxcar Children, I have recommended the series to parents who have children that are like, you know, reading. They're six or seven. I'm like, this is the best series you can start your kids on because there's nothing violent about it. It has kind of a fucked up premise, though. Because it's about these four kids who are orphaned, but they're siblings, and they live in a boxcar in the middle of a forest. (laughs) And they live there until their very wealthy but estranged grandfather finds them Mm -hmm. and rescues them. Mm -hmm. But it's all about them kind of solving mysteries together as as siblings. And I, I could get lost in them. And there were 160 plus boxcar children books. Wow. And- And the Benjamin Branch Library had this, like, three-foot-long, like, shelf that was dedicated to them. And I would go one by one. And at one point, I remember, like, all I had read all the books, but it was not all of them in the series. And so 
I was just like waiting for the next one to come. And then when the new book came, I knew immediately because it was a spine that I didn't recognize. It was like a little bit glossier than the other ones. And it was just so, it was like the new edition of something coming out that was super exciting. But then there was another section of the library. And this is where I started, I feel like, getting into a dicey territory because it was the YA section, the young adult section. And this is where the bigger chapter books were that were for teenagers. Yeah. And I'm sorry, when there's no boxcar children left to read, I just have to read what's available. (laughs) Oh, no. And I started reading these books that are like totally innocuous, but like Angus Thongs and Full Frontal Snuggles. Yeah, yeah. Remember that? Yeah, I totally remember that. I remember when that came out. Well, yeah, were we, I guess we were in elementary school or, or, I think so, because I remember reading it and feeling very like, but it was really popular. Like it was when it when it came out, it was like the book to read. Was it? Was it? Yeah. I felt very like very mischievous reading. Yeah. Yeah. Because it was it it was a little risque for a a more conservative, younger palate. But yeah, Yeah. I I remember it being like very tantalizing and uh, and popular. But this girl was like, I think I feel like something that made it feel even more tantalizing aside from like the making out of it all was this girl was from England. So snogging, learning that like making out or French kissing was a, was called snogging in another country. I remember made me feel very like <laughs> cultured. I love that you went from boxcar to that. And it, by the that. way, it came out in 1999. So shout out to the the time capsule. Okay, so situation. maybe that should have maybe then that was fifth grade or sixth grade. Six, yeah, sixth grade. Okay, then that that means that in between boxcar children and Angus thongs, I was reading the country books, which the were country books. A series, another series of books that Benjamin Brand provided that were all <laughs> books about different countries. Wow. They had a China book, an Estonia. <laughs> I don't even know if they had Estonia at that point. They that had seems Yugoslavia. Like a reach. Okay. Yugoslavia, the old days, you know. And I started reading them kind of for pleasure, but my mom started kind doing this thing that pleasure. really ruined it for me, which was she would quiz me on the books. Oh. So I would read them and then we would learn the currency and the popular food in that place and the wow, like, what a joy. The <laughs> And then she would quiz me. Yeah, it really kind of took the 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 love the love of other countries away from me. It's so interesting <laughs> because when you talked about boxcar children, so I remember I don't remember the the name of this library branch, and they had like a kids' room that I mm-hmm. would hang out in. And back then, the serial mystery books were really really popular, and and not that the like. I remember Nancy Drew, and not that that was, like, new by any means, but, like, I was obsessed with Nancy Drew. And then also uh, Hardy Hardy Boys. I never got into that. I think I was more Nancy Drew, for obvious reasons. And then um, Goosebumps was, like, a big thing. That was amazing. Yes. Especially the covers of Goosebumps were the best part of it. Oh, yeah. The textural, like you felt the bumps. Goosebumps. And then the other one, the other like mystery series that I got into was called Eerie Indiana, which was a tiny bit more niche. But like that was, oh, and Animorphs. That was the time of like all those serial mystery sci-fi-ish kids novels. 
Yeah, they were so good. I felt like they did such a good job of like nurturing a love of reading. Yeah. Because it was quick to go through and there were so many more. Yeah, yeah. Oh, do you think kids read these days like that? They read chapter books? Mm, I try and avoid kids as much as possible. That's true. Uh, so That's I don't true. have an immediate answer. Anytime I'm yeah, seeing what a child, they're screaming now? or on their iPad. So <laughs> no, I'm going to go with no kids gonna don't go with read no. anymore. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Well, outside of the, the library, we also had a lot of like required reading in school, but the book that that has stayed with me for the last, how old am I now? <laughs> 20 plus years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Julie of the Wolves. I read that in the fifth grade. Julie of the Wolves? Yes. So we read this at Summerfield. And it's a little bit of a, <laughs> another bit of a fucked up book, but it's about this 13 year old girl named Julie. She's an indigenous Alaskan and she escapes her village because. Her husband, yes, her husband, she's married at 13, tries to violate her. And so she leaves the village and she gets lost in the tundra and she ends up like befriending these wolves and she becomes a part of this wolf pack. And I don't know why we read this book. How old were you (laughs) when you read this? This is the fifth grade. It was such an amazing book, but it... um, I will never forget this fact that I learned from it, which is like so many things from this era. I remember one weird thing from, which was that mom wolves regurgitate food back into their cub's mouth. Okay. And since the fifth grade, I have at least once a year, I think, made some joke about regurgitating food into someone's mouth. Because I learned it in Julie of the Wolves, and I thought it was a funny thing. <laughs> yeah. Ma- mama mama birding, baby birding is what we call it. It says, um, it says when I Googled Julie of the Wolves, it says, why was Julie of the Wolves challenged is one of the questions. And then it says, it was challenged for sexual content, offensive language, mm-hmm. violence, and mm-hmm. being unsuited to age group. And then, <laughs> um, then this question that, what age to read Julie of the Wolves? Uh-huh. And it says uh, 10 and up is the okay. general age. So that's yeah. that's correct. Julie of the Wolves. <laughs> oh, gosh. So did you guys have a oh, – you were in a really small school, so maybe yeah. not. But we mm-hmm. had a – we had like a like an advanced learning track 
So if you're in that track, then you got pulled out of some of your classes to learn like more. This, to learn more. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and reflecting on that class, I'm really wondering what the fuck we learned more about because the things that we did in that class really just don't make much sense to me. What, there were two what, what did you do? Yeah. In one of them, I I don't even know how I could have passed this class because we were l- learning the Mayan number system. Okay. Okay. The Mayan l- number system is like special because they were one of the first they were like the first civilization to to recognize uh the way the that number. you're saying this like there's like <laughs> there's like an apathetic undertone as if like it's not a big deal <laughs> about the Mayans you're like oh. The The Mayans, I don't know. I guess they were the first ancient civilization to have numbers. They were the first to have this awareness of zero, Hmm. which is apparently very important. But we spent so many classes learning how to count Mayan numbers. They use like dots and lines. And I could just never, I could never get it. It never came easily for me. It was always very hard. But we had multiple classes about this Mayan number system. So I looked up like why 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 teach this in schools? What is this gonna what is this helping me do? And the only the only thing I could say is a good reason to put this in is because they say that seeing numbers for kids represented many different ways is a great way to help increase their number sense and better understand how numbers work. Huh. Hmm. For me though, it just it remained confusing. I don't ever remember learning Mayan numbers. And also, yes, like there was no... Um, I guess Roman numerals maybe are the other version of that. Yeah. Okay. I, I There was no like advanced track at B'nai Shalom. We were all on the advanced you track. Were you advanced. remember? <laughs> you yeah. remember who, yeah. uh, who I grew up with. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I don't know. There's something innately fucked about the advanced track in a lot of ways. 100%. You know, it's like these young kids and really what it is is we're going to be able to spot the ones that are smart enough and deserving of extra attention and the ones that just aren't and we're going to kind of give up on. And like so it doesn't ultimately really matter so much what's being taught in those advanced classes so Mm. much as you going like – well, these are the smart ones. Let's <laughs> occupy them. Yeah. Let's occupy them with something so that and we can or focus on their... let's yeah. make sure they know that they're the smart ones. I mean, isn't that a fact? Like, you're telling kids at a young age, like, you're not smart enough. And then other kids, like, you yeah. are very smart. And so, yeah, yeah, of course the kids in the being told you are very smart are going to do better than the kids who are not That's told such a that good they're point. smart. Yes. But also they probably chose with, with great accuracy. <laughs> <laughs> But the way they would do it, you're reminding me of how uncomfortable it felt because literally you would because of the way the 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 period system was put up, I remember ha- I had to leave one class early in order to get to the yeah. other class. You're like so all I'm the being smart disruptive. kids. All the smart kids, it's time to go. If you're smart, it's really messed stand up. up, please and leave cuz you're too smart to be here. It's time to go learn that Mayan number system <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and apply yourself in this world. Ugh. So the other thing that I did in this very advanced learning class in elementary school was watch a video series, an educational video series called The Voyage of the Mimi. Of the Mimi? 
of the Mimi. M-I-M-I. The Voyage of the Mimi. Gotta Google it. All right. This bad boy. This bad boy was a 13-episode TV program that was that was designed by the Department of the Educa- Department of Education. And it was supposed to be something that was like technology and media forward. They had CDs, they had discs, they had videos that they used to kind of to to teach this weird marine life uh, <laughs> curriculum. And the most exciting part of it was that this was a series that featured Ben Affleck as a child. Wow. Ben Affleck plays the captain's grandson. I will say the the videos were pretty interesting. They were really fun to watch. But it didn't, it was like, you know, when the substitute teacher was there for yeah. school and you were like, yeah, fuck yeah, we're going to watch some yeah, movies. Yeah. That's this is, this that is what you like. would watch? Okay. Yeah, this yeah, is yeah. what. So this was the actually an amazing, an amazing thing to do after the Mayan number system. <laughs> so I loved I could do this. I could watch. That yeah, was- it says um, it was made to teach middle schoolers about science and mathematics in an interesting and interactive way where every lesson related to real world applications. I suppose if you were, you know, a seafaring um, <laughs> <laughs> people. I know. It's like I really don't remember the science and or the the math of it. Yeah. But um, speaking of uh, speaking of, you know, facts that I learned, like regurgitating food, there was an episode in the Voyage of the Mimi that was about hypothermia. Okay. And in it, one of the people, one of the crew members, what do you call, what do you call, one of the sailors? Yeah. Whatever. One of the people on board (laughs) gets hypothermia and he has to strip down naked and get into a sleeping bag with another man. And what you learn is that when somebody has hypothermia, fire, lighting a fire, being near fire is actually not the way to to like save this person or heal them yeah. body heat is the way that you that you recover from hypothermia oh i've learned something so, new today there you go that is the one thing i learned in elementary school but oh, i later <laughs> <laughs> what i learned was that that episode about hypothermia actually was banned in three states because it was showing two men Mm, Alabama, Mississippi, (laughs) but not North Carolina. Isn't that wild? Yeah, there you go. I will now be watching this series. (laughs) (laughs) It's two like really hairy bearded men. It's really there's nothing excited Uh, by it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally won't watch it now. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And the last thing that I will tell you about elementary school. I hope this brings you back. Box tops for kids. Yes. Remember yes, that scam? I do. Remember oh, it's, that it's scam? A scam? I didn't yeah. I didn't look into it beyond collecting box tops. Um also I think we would use the because it was it started on cereal and then it just was it all General Mills stuff? It was all General Mills, started in 1996, so right when we were we were in elementary school. Yeah. There was, like, an organized effort behind it, too. Like, it wasn't just General Mills doing it. Like, parents and teachers would be like, oh, let's make this part of, at least for me, let's make this part of a fundraising thing. And then I, the best thing about it, and you're about to tell me why it's terrible, but the best thing about it was we would use all the cardboard boxes that weren't Uh the tops, and we would make things out of them. So, like, I remember making, like, this whole cityscape 
using uh cardboard boxes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Using the cardboard boxes and then we'd so we'd build all of it and then paint all of it and then it was like a little miniature cardboard city. Well, we weren't doing that in the public school, (laughs) I can tell you. (laughs) That is a beautiful way to use discarded boxes. Yeah. I mean, okay, I said it's a scam. Nobody said it's like out they weren't like cheating people out of money. They weren't like stealing it. But I think of it, well, let me tell for people that don't you, know, you box were tops for kids. Their products in order right. to, yeah. The idea was you bought cereal or you bought their product that had this like bar, a barcode or a little tag yeah. that said box top for kids. And when you collected them, you turned them into your school to help raise money for your school, right? I thought the weird part of the program was that it convinced kids, families, teachers that kids were responsible for raising money for their school. Hmm. And I found that a little bit weird. Like in re- like when I was doing it, I loved it. I loved collecting them. I had my whole Ziploc where I would put all of the <laughs> yeah. little box, <laughs> yeah, box yeah. whatever they're called, box tops. And it was a ton of fun. It was very motivating and it was a positive experience in school. But just like looking back on it, now I find that it's, strange and it there they have there's some controversy with it now i think it might be like winding down oh it still exists it still exists for like years they raised like i think over like a billion dollars of money for school yeah but they got into some trouble because they tried to move away from physical box tops into an apps program where you needed to have a phone um, to scan oh, something. Okay. And then okay. it became like a, everybody Classist doesn't have. And, yeah, yeah. Exactly, okay. exactly. Okay. But it was a weird thing. Each of those box tops, okay, you had to buy like a $4, let's say like a $4 box of cereal. Yeah. In order to get this box top that was worth 10 cents. Yeah, yeah. The portion of. Yeah. yeah. So you're spending a ton of money to get very little. And I learned that the average um, average amount that a school would raise per year was around five hundred dollars. Like that's not that's not a lot. That's not, that's not a, a lot, lot of money. Yeah, is that really worth all of the time? I think that that broader fundraising point, you know, can be applied to nearly any fundraising effort. Like when they oh. had like you could sell magazines or you could sell um, like true. wrapping paper and stuff like that. It's like. That's kind of fucked. That's that's doesn't that's make so much true. sense, you know. Yeah, and like it was always like a sales guy coming in and being like, "And this is how you get the most sales." It's like, why <laughs> yeah. is this fucking sales guy coming in and talking to middle schoolers about like how to yes. sell magazines? Like, what's yeah. happening? And then and then you know, talking about instilling like a weird sense of self into kids. It's like I only sold two magazines. Yeah. I'm bad at selling things, and it's like you know, totally. Man, the trauma. The trauma. Speaking of selling, do you know that um, one of our closest, closest family friends in this world today, we met because I was selling a magazine for school? Like on their doorstep and then you became friends? No. Yeah. Wow, you must be a really good saleswoman. (laughs) (laughs) That's what they told me. Um, My parents are their their children's godparents. Like that close. Wow. Well, okay. Well, then not all fundraisers are bad. Maybe it's good to I make mean, your kids go sell maybe magazines. Maybe it's good. Yeah. Yes. Gosh, so elementary school, there are so many. Uh, I could I could talk I could talk so much longer, but I'm going to stop right here because because we've got to 
we got to stop right well, here. Well, I'm going to tell you why you're going to stop, because we've been waiting for quite some time <laughs> oh! to hear a certain report from producer Logan. Um, Logan oh, has recently okay. attended a bachelorette uh, weekend. I will also set up that there was a PowerPoint <laughs> presentation for this bachelorette party, which Logan shared with us prior to attending uh, this weekend. And we have not heard... The report of how it went. But before you get into how it went, could you please give some description for the the prep, the the PowerPoint, like set set the scene for our friends listening? Well, why did you show us the you showed us the the PowerPoint for a reason, right? We're looking for some advice on what to wear. Yes. So the PowerPoint is about a 10-page slide <laughs> <laughs> describing what we should wear each day. <laughs> um, I don't mean to correct you, but it wasn't just each day. Multiple outfits a day. Okay, yep. Yep, there we go. So there were <laughs> some days I think had two. I think there was a day that had three outfits that we needed to, <laughs> to bring. Typically, you know, like it'll be like the bride will wear white and then all the girls will wear black. But this was about 10 times that. <laughs> <laughs> Which mm -hmm. And so these are my friends from college, and I would say the more that I've grown mm -hmm. into who I am, the harder it is for me to turn on that straight sorority girl vibe, you yeah. know? Yeah, yeah. That's gotten way harder, I realized. Yeah. I So it was in Scottsdale, and I had prepped Nagid and Stevie for this, and they were sending me words of encouragement as I embarked on my journey to Scottsdale. That, that, and so, so to be clear, you used the PowerPoint and you did curate your outfits ah, as requested. Yes, okay, yes. Were you able to collect what you needed? I sent the PowerPoint to my sister. <laughs> and God I said, God bless my sister. <laughs> and she, because I told her about it and she was like, send me the PowerPoint, tell me what you need. So I sent it to her and she was like, yep, I got this, I got this, I got this, I got this, which is so great. So then you I picked, should have just sent your sister. <laughs> I should have just sent her. I should have yeah. just sent her. So I thankfully had all of the clothes I needed. Amazing. Did I feel <laughs> great in the mm. heels? No. Could I walk in them? No. But I did it. Oh, that's a friend. That's yeah. a real friend. Yeah. Logan, I do remember seeing like, you know, the the tops and bottoms and dresses and like what was required or requested for the tops. I didn't see any footwear requirements. So was the heels something that you projected onto yourself? I thought that maybe there were shoe requirements, but I might be reading into that. Um, I brought heels because I know that they were all going to bring heels. And then, yeah. I, you know, I was like, I you don't want to be short. Totally. I don't want to yeah. be short. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so I, I get there and I just sort of took on this role of like the funny lesbian. I just, <laughs> I just took on this role and I just ran with it for the weekend. I was like, you know what? I'm going to have fun. Yeah. I'm going to feel out of place, but I'm going to have fun. Yeah. Mm hmm. You were just being overt about feeling like you were out of I mean, at this point, are you were you saying like I feel weird wearing this? Or like were you like, no, I always wear this, but I'm also the funny lesbian here? I a little bit of both. Like to my close friends, they knew. Okay. And they okay. were and so like I would be like, I don't want to wear the heels. Can I just wear the boots? And they're like, Yeah, just wear the boots. <laughs> um so pause for a second. I'm just gonna send you some pictures. Oh yes. Yes. Pictures. Did you get it? I got one. You know what's so ah, interesting is that like there's the sequin night. 
Uh, but uh, there's a um, like you could tell me this photo was from 2006, and I would believe you. Mm-hmm. Oh, you see that's what such I'm a saying? Good point. Yeah, totally. And you know what I see immediately amongst the sequins is somebody has created a customized tattoo of what I think. Oh is yeah, the groom's we face. were we had his face on. Wow, oh, you yes. spotted that very Grew quickly. Up into a number of these things. I'm just looking for the penis straw now. Oh, I was going to bring Stevie. <laughs> I meant to bring Stevie a penis straw and I forgot. We have plenty of penis oh. straws here. Okay, great. <laughs> Logan, you look like one you, of the girls. Yeah, you're, you're like really fitting uh, in here, Logan. Yeah, okay. do, you have, do you have sparkles on your face? I sure do. Yes. Let me tell you. Okay, I, I, yeah, I'm going to tell you guys about that. I think I told Stevie this a little bit, but when we were out, there was a bachelor party that yeah, okay. reined us in. And they had a table. And uh, we were like, of course, we're going to hop on that. Ain't no point in paying for drinks yourself. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) And so we are at the table. There's like, there's 14 girls. And then there were like 11 (laughs) guys. So there was like, we were like packed into this table. What a nightmare. And they had to, you know, they had to like spend like $5,000. So they were like giving us, they had to spend 5000 to have the table. Oh, that was their minimum. And it was these boys from D.C. that are in finance. Oh, God. So I was like, oh, God, I know what's going to happen here. So I was talking to this sweet, sweet boy, Aaron, for for a while. And I I don't – you've talked about this a little bit with straight men where it's like they never can tell. Yeah. And (laughs) – um, certainly not when you're wearing certainly a when I'm not <laughs> certainly <laughs> not when I'm wearing a pink sparkly yeah. dress and I <laughs> we were talking for a while and my yeah. friends had come over to like save me from it like do you want to leave nice. whatever okay. and I was like no it's fine Aaron and I are having a good time whatever so uh, we just keep talking and I just stopped the conversation and I was like Aaron I'm so so sorry I just needed to let you know something oh no and I was like I'm gay <laughs> Oh, <laughs> and his but face, his and he was too. like, "Bye." <laughs> so he didn't surprisingly, because normally they will. Yeah, they'll be like, "Oh, cool," or they like I've won't know what to say. All like of this time, but they totally. Yeah. Like, one time, like, you're a lesbian. Like I've, you yeah, know, like yeah, and then they yeah. walk away. But he was like, you know, his eyes got a little bit big, and they just kept talking to me like nothing happened, which was nice. Oh, that's great. Okay. But then there were like three other boys that were like, like you know, like they walked away, whatever. And I, I was just at the oh, point where I was oh, like, you Logan, you were holding boys? court with okay. four boys. Well, they were confined to a <laughs> half of the a girls are engaged. They have their ring, you oh, know, okay. like oh, that's they were probably spotting girls that didn't have one. I don't know. Right, um, right, right. So that was interesting. That is. And so, like I said, I was just sort of like, I will say, like, some nights I was like carrying the party a little bit, like. <laughs> <laughs> that, like no one was dancing, so they'd be like, "Well, and go on grind on Abby," and I'm like, "Sure." So then I would like go grind on Abby, you know, try to get them like hyped up, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And so like I was like, okay, I'm just gonna like play this like role, like and I it was say I was carrying the party. So I was carrying the party. <laughs> you know, and, I love it. But so we were when we were getting ready a lot. I would be the first. Done. I would be done. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know if you guys, okay, you guys should have received these pictures. Um, there yes. was a whole picture set up with a ring light. Guys, there is a balloon, a balloon arch of sorts. Balloon, yeah. Gold, light pink, cream. There's a whole like photo backdrop 
So while they were getting ready and I was already ready, if you go to slide two, this is what I was doing. So we oh, <laughs> a, a, a sequined penis. So the sparkles, they we had like all of these sparkles to put on our faces and I did a little bit of it. But yeah, I was like, what should I do with my time here while I'm drinking this White Claw? And there were a ton of extra sparkles. So I yes. made penises and stuck them to everybody's phones. Nice. That's brilliant. And I nice. like how you stuck it to the front of the yeah. phone and not the back. Right. Yeah. It was really, they really loved <laughs> yeah. taking that off of their phone. Yeah. So overall, like. You made the most of it. Made the most of it. You made the most of it. In my yeah. own way. I think here's, here's, correct me if you don't feel this way. I think that it's hard as an adult to be put in a situation where you can't be yourself and or you feel as if you Mm -hmm. have to fit into a certain box. And I think that the older you get, the less willing you are to fit inside that box. Right. And Mm -hmm. so I would think you still have love for your friends, even though you're very different people. But perhaps the next time they invite you to an event like this, maybe they shouldn't try and put you in such a very specific box. And or maybe you say that you're not going to I'm be not put in that box. Do it. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I think yeah. that's a good point, Stevie. I think that the also this is like your your second bachelorette second, party. Yeah. Which is like just the beginning, girl. I know. <laughs> there's a lot. And I think there's a big part of it. It's like it's a among the first. So you're like not really sure what to expect and you don't know where people are triggered or not and you certainly don't want to be you're putting yourself in a bad situation but you start figuring out where you can say no and it not being a mm-hmm. big deal and where what matters to to the bride and what really doesn't and figuring out if that's something that you're willing no yeah I think you're right and yeah it's like the more I've grown the more I've like come into who I am and like that was it's like you know like North Carolina there's a different yeah. Different vibe. Totally. There's different totally. vibes. Yeah. There's different vibes. Well, as I say, the, the other thing is next time, if you are going to wear a sparkly dress, wear the boots, wear the con- checks, wear this, like keep an element of yourself yeah. there. Because it's also like, I don't think every, everybody looks kind of the same at these at mm-hmm. these parties. Everybody looks the same. And so like, that's also can be suffocating after a while. Right. So different than them. Yeah. Preserve, preserve your identity in little ways and find, see if you can, you can have. Yeah. In little ways. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing. And especially thank you for sharing that PowerPoint because I (laughs) will be showing it to more people. (laughs) Please do. (laughs) Because it is, um, it is well thought through. I will say that. There's a lot of detail in there. There's a lot of detail. But it sounds like you made the most of the situation. Uh, I'm going to use it to plan the next bachelorette. (laughs) (laughs) Just a little copy paste. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) All right, y'all. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Best Friends Back All Right. You can catch brand new episodes every Friday, so make sure to follow so you don't miss an episode. If you're enjoying the podcast, leave us a review. You can follow at Mythical Pods on TikTok for clips to share with family and friends. You can follow me at Negin and Stevie everywhere at Stevie W. Levine. And of course, you can hear me every Monday through Friday on Good Mythical Morning with Rhett and Link at youtube.com slash Good Mythical Morning. I'll see you there. <laughs>